On this episode of the Highlander Podcast, we talk with Dayton Kreitz, Trails Planner for Cache County. We discuss the importance of trails, working with state, federal, and local agencies to get stuff done, and recreation access. All right, welcome back to the Highlander Podcast. Today, we have Dayton Kreitz, Trail Planner for Cache County. And as usual, uh, I'm Nate, and Chase is here with us too. Hey, everybody. So thanks for being with us, Dayton. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, um, I, I was telling this is probably the best. This is the best voices we've ever had on a podcast. Like mellifluous tones. It's great. Yes. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what uh, what does a cash trails planner do? What do you, what's your role? Okay, so it's a it's a unique position that was created, you know, probably four years ago, or at least in, in, envisioned four years ago out of a group of of elected leaders and, and municipal staff around the community, sort of saying. We recognize the value that, that trails and the outdoor recreation economy offers to our, our valley. And this needs to be more than, you know, a planner in Logan's 18th priority. Like this needs to be somebody's priority in local government. Let's form a position. And it was experimental um, when they came with it. They, you know, I came into a position. They say, well, we promise you can have a job for two years uh, and then we'll see. Um, fortunately, we're far beyond that now, um, and it's been going very well. My role is really to act as a circuit rider to all local municipalities um, and offering support to federal land management agencies and state land management agencies to support the development of an, a well-planned, interconnected trail network through the county. Um, and when I say trail network, a lot of people are going to – when you say trails, people are going to envision – you know, one person's going to envision this little narrow dirt path just going between everything and down by the river. Someone else is going to envision a 10-foot wide paved pathway that they can push push their stroller down. Um, and I envision all those things. Um, but also, I really expand that because of reality um, and I think because of pragmatism. I expand that right into a sidewalk in front of your house, right? Does your child have a way to leave your house and walk down to the to their neighbors or walk down to the elementary school. I expand that into bike lanes and saying, do we have, do we have streets that are safe enough to ride a bicycle on um, that I can you know, tell an eight-year-old, yeah, sure, just take those quiet streets and go. Um, and so it's really about building that interconnectivity in our community that allows us to you know, really have what I think this valley has, where the, whether you live in Hiram, Logan, or Smithfield, has in spades, which is to say, you know, I'm a trail runner, I'm a cyclist, I'm a rock climber, and really all I got to do is leave my house from my garage, you know, on a bicycle or take a long walk, and I'm where I want to be. I'm outdoors, I'm in public lands, I'm, you know, experiencing the great wide open. So so I think that sort of interconnectedness is, is certainly what we're after, and like I say, my role is really heavy on planning, uh, design, you know, some some initial design, a lot of fundraising. I've raised over 2.1 million dollars in local, in in you know, state, federal, and nonprofit grants for various projects across the valley since I've been here. Um, and so those are kind of the ways that we're moving this all forward. You know, and right now we've got great things under construction with a a trail in Hiram being built that's going to link you know the eastern edge of the neighborhoods down the hill to their existing trails on public lands. We've got a bike park under construction in Logan. So, you know, great things afoot. That's great. I- incredible role. I I've, haven't really heard of many people in this type of position. How mm-hmm. unique is it for a county to have someone who's doing this full time? Or is it usually a subcommittee of, of the planning commission? How is this usually structured? I, I You know, it, it's a great question. And I, I would say it gets into... To answer how unique it is, I think you have to look at the size of community that you have. And 
you know, some places are smaller, like you take a Grand County, and they have pretty much everybody in their local government is concerned and interested in promoting the outdoor rec economy because that's what they have, right? That's like what Moab and, and Grand County have in spades. And so they have a few different positions that are sort of, um, actually I would say they don't even have somebody who's specifically on this position. They just have it more elevated in your average staff person's day. Um, then you look down at bigger, bigger communities, it's pretty common these days to have somebody looking after active transportation, you know, like Salt Lake City, Salt Lake County, um, Ogden, Provo, all have people that are not really dedicated to trails specifically, like they're not going to be working on the Bonneville shoreline or partnering with the Forest Service to build a reroute, but they will be working really hard to build some urban trail next to a river or to develop bike lanes on a new a new segment of street. And so that's becoming more and more common. Um, you know, my role sort of merging the rec and the um, active transportation elements um, is pretty unique. And certainly, I think for a community of our size, it, it does speak volumes to Cache County that they they have seen the value that my position can bring bring forward and are continuing to support it, um, you know, as we as we go forward. It seems like blending those two roles, active transportation and trails, makes sense in a community like ours, considering proximity to the trails, proximity to outdoor recreation. Would you say that's yeah? And that's I would say true? I would say actually that any community for historically for a lot of communities they've been sort of looked at separately. Okay, we have a parks and trails plan, and then we have an active transportation and streets plan. And I think to separate those two is to do them both a disservice because no one no one looks at a map of things and says, oh, I'm gonna you know, I have a road bike, so I'm going to only ride on streets, but that paved trail over there, I'm not going to use that, right? And more and more people are, you know, a, a, someone who's a runner and looking to find a route from their house, they're going to take all the routes they can find, um, regardless of surface. So, um, so yeah, so I think to merge them is just, you know, smart planning and smart, smart foresight. Can you just give us kind of an overview of where you think the state of trails, active transportation in Cache Valley is right now. What are things looking like for your, from your perspective? Where are we? I know we're, we're we're in Cache Valley. Yeah. Where are you, man? Uh, No. So uh, the state of things right now, it's positive. I mean, I would absolutely look at Logan City as a leader um, in this. And they're the city that's the largest population, largest tax base, largest amount of resources. So it's perhaps easiest for them to lead. Um, but you even look at small communities like Hiram or some um, sincere efforts up in Smithfield. People are really coming together to, to really say, this is important to us. How do we, um, how do we preserve our, our resources and, and improve them? Um, so it's all really positive. Um, and again, just, just having my position here has allowed a certain focus on it to move projects forward in a way that they didn't in the past. Um, so the state of things is good. And the state of Utah, both the, uh, Governor Herbert, a couple legislative sessions ago, I think two years ago, so that put us in 17, um, came, to, came forward with the, you know, um, his 20-year vision for the state, which included a vision of 1,000 miles of family-friendly trails, right? Um, and the out- Outdoor Office of Recreation, the state RTP grant, um, there's multiple resource, and, and UDOT TAP funding have all been really beneficial to moving these projects forward. Um, and that's, that's the positive. And we have a master plan now that links together these disparate community plans where they used to sort of plan for Logan, but then say, oh, here's this invisible line at 1400 North that nobody knows about except a city planner. And there are plan stops because we, we don't control, you know, three inches over that line. Um, but now we're, we're looking at a plan that can help prioritize um, and say, hey, you know, North Logan, this piece and Logan, that piece, 
let's work on these together because they, they link and they're part of this regional connector, right? And we're working on a bike lane system that, that very much does that across boundaries. Um, so there's all these positives moving forward. It's still eternally a struggle um, in, and it, this varies community to community, but it's eternally a struggle to find, you know, on any community budget, even if they're, even if your mayor and all your council are super supportive of trails and really want to see my office succeed and really want to see Cache Valley on the map as an outdoor recreation de destination, where's the money, right? We've already, we've, we've spent all our money on the roads we need, on the, on the sewer lines we need, on the electricity we need. And yeah, I would say those are probably more important. Uh, I'll argue about the roads in a minute, but you know, at least the sewer lines, electricity, I'm going to say those are way more important than trails, right? So let's get to those first and then figure out how we fit trails into it. Um, but that's always the challenge, right? And, and it's like, like so many things in our communities where we're saying, you know, now we want dedicated dog parks or now we want a blue trail system and now we want, um, you know, a dedicated mountain bike park and now we want these trails. It's just additional resources. How do we, how do we develop them, fund them, and maintain them? Um, that's inevitably the challenge we, ha we look at going forward. But again, there's, there's bright lights and it's just taking work and coordination and, and conversations to figure out how that comes together. We'll get into the, the master plan um, sure. here in a little bit, but how do you, I, I'm curious, how do you justify a project? With that, with that said, oh, sure. um, you, know, you have to convince different municipalities, the county, that a project is worthwhile and worth worth the financial commitment sure um what's the roi of of trails i don't oh, know man, if you can i don't know if you can distill it down to that but sure I can but how how can you how do you justify um, um some of that investment and i'm all about it i'm all about investing in trails dude so. you just go to the mayor and you're like bro trails are sweet and that's it and that's all it takes no um the roi on trails is is uh, multifold, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence on this too that you can dig up, and I'm not going to be uh, slick enough to cite it on air here, but but basically, you look at a couple things. One is property values, right? And so you can look at property values in Cache Valley, and it's been a little while since I've done this course analysis, but course analysis in Cache Valley, um, you know, not controlling for elevation, which I'd like to do, um, but shows that that trails or single-family property values within uh, 500 feet of a trail, trailhead, or park are 11% more per square foot, right? And you raise your eyebrows at that. Now, if we control for elevation, it's going to come down a lot, right? Because a lot of those trails are the Bonneville shoreline. It's up there. You have big houses looking over. So I'm aware that, that that figure is not something you can tie your hat to. But it gestures at something that you can tie your hat to, like down in Weber, um, at Weber State. Um, can I talk about Weber State on the Utah? I guess, U yeah. USU. Yeah, sure. Sorry, sorry, guys. Sure. Um, so at Weber State, they did a great study um, by a couple people that are economists up there, controlling for elevation, controlling for year built, and looking at single family home values adjacent to trailheads. And there was about a one to two percent increase in property value for every drive time minute closer to a trailhead. So you know you're looking at two houses, totally the same house, both three twos, both fourteen hundred square feet both built the same year, both at about the same elevation, but one's three minutes closer to the trailhead, we're gonna pay 3% more for that house and be happy about mm -hmm. it, right? And so so those property values are, are really enticing, and I am trying to work with the developer community to kind of really tie that in, and and um, you know some are getting it, like the newest section of Bonneville Shoreline we have in the valley that not everybody knows about yet, but it's just north of Green Canyon, and that was absolutely built between coordination with my, my office, North Logan City, and the developer. And the developer's saying, yeah, like, we'll, we'll build this because we want these homes to be part of the Bonneville Shoreline Network. And I think the more people get that, um, what I'm really trying to do is work with private landowners on our Bonneville Shoreline alignment and say, hey, look, like, this is an amenity 
that the public will pay for right now. You have nothing to lose out of pocket, and we've just made your property more valuable than this other property right next to it that's not going to get Bonneville Shoreline, right? So property values are one side of it. Um, you know, Chase, I think as you well know, like the outdoor recreation economy is booming. I mean, you know, what what was the recent estimate, 10 billion, right, uh, nationally, and communities are getting that, right? I mean, that's why Utah led with an Office of Outdoor Recreation under the governor's Office of Economic Development. Many states are following suit. You know, basically, I'd like to think of my office as kind of a small version of that, um, in that we're really recognizing the value that this brings to saying, to, you know, to a university student who's going to contribute four years of their life here, and then possibly start a small business and stay because they're like, man, I like Logan. I mean, you know, somebody like me who came back to Logan after working as a planner in, in Austin, Texas, and was like, oh, cool, Austin, Texas. And you were in San Francisco before? I was like, yeah, but I came back to Cache Valley because quality of life and out, access to outdoor recreation, right? So, so that sort of boost of the outdoor recreation economy and people recognizing that businesses relocate for quality of life is another ROI. Um, and then, you know, one ROI that I'm not going to put a dollar on it because how do you put a dollar on a life? But it's safety, right? And we we are painting ourselves. If if traditional transportation engineering takes the day, and we do not think about every single street for that one percent of users, and it may be one percent or maybe two percent um, that walk or bike, we're killing people, right? I mean, our streets are dangerous by design because the transportation engineering ethos says, well, let's build our roads to handle as many cars as fast as possible because everyone hates traffic. So we should just put more cars on the road so we can all move faster and have less traffic. Well, again, it paints us into a corner. And and I think without starting to look at how do we build our streets so that we can still retain what I think a lot of people envy as a cash county quality of life where, yeah, sure, my five-year-old walks to school, right? If we, if we just build, 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 fast, 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 fast roads, more roads, car roads, only car roads, roads are for cars. Oh, come on. People don't ride bikes. Like, that's crazy. Um, you know, with the advent of e-bikes, that range is even getting further out from what's a, com- what's a reasonable commute. So we really want to think about safety and the value that adds to a community. Um, when you talk about even just a, a recreational trail down by a river, people use it for commuting. You know, the boulevard's a really good example where we've got active, um, we've got trail counters on there that won't tell me whether it's a cyclist or um, a dog or a runner coming by. Um, but they do tell me uses on the trail 24-7, 365. And since we've had it in there, it has a really clear commuting pattern, right? And so that pathway is a really safe, comfortable, easy access route between downtown and the university. Um, and you can you know, kind of make your point on that, on public health in terms of air quality. And I could go on, but I'm sure we've got other things to talk about. I think it's worth investing in at this point. I, I was, Great. Already, I was yeah. already sold, I was sold but, sold. but, but well, that's, I'll, vote, that's I'll vote both of you guys compelling. in. Are you guys running for office? No? Okay. Well, when you are, let me know. So we've touched on this a little bit. I want to get into the master plan. And okay. I think that's that's if people haven't looked at the master plan and what you're building and you're working on yeah. um, and what the county is supporting, it's impressive. Yeah. And what you're looking to build out, connecting uh, communities here in Cache Valley yeah. to each other and then connecting those communities to the great outdoor recreation opportunities that we have so close to us. Can you talk a little bit about the active, trans- uh, active transportation plan, Absolutely. Um, what that looks like? Yeah, so you can go to a page in this plan and see this master plan all drawn out, and it has trails. It, it would be, you know, a, it is a dream to to realize this entire plan. Um, 
And in the words of Daniel Burnham, uh, arguably the founder of modern city planning, make no small plans for they not they lack the magic to stir men's blood, right? So make big plans, right? And that's what this is. This is a big plan. Um, and it, what we did, though, what's interesting about the plan is that it is, if, uh, my figures could be slightly off here, but roughly 80% of the lines on that plan, I didn't draw. Like, I didn't think them up and say, oh, well, how about a trail here? How about a trail here? Um, about 80% of those, those plans are these disparate community plans. There was probably, along the eastern bench, there was maybe one or two communities that really didn't have any trail plan, but most of them had one. And so it was about stringing them together, and there was a lot of sort of dead-end connectors, things that didn't really seem the same thing, but saying, okay, these have regional priority, right? Because these ones connect communities, these ones connect our communities to our outdoor spaces, to our beautiful valley floor and the rivers. Um, how do we put this all together, right? And so that's the master plan, and that's what we get to work off of, you know. And one of the big projects I that we're developing right now, I'm going to leave this meeting, go into a meeting with um, people over streets in Cache County to talk about the Cache Bikeway, right? What is our official route to ride a bicycle from Hiram to Nibley, Nibley to Millville, Millville to Providence, Providence to Logan, on and on up to Smithfield? Um, because those are really small jumps. Like, it shouldn't be that we, there's no way to leave Nibley on a bicycle. Um, but kind of right now, there a little bit is because it's all, it's, you got to cross a highway somewhere, right? And so how do we make that better? And there's a short-term and long-term goal to that vision. Um, but those are the types of things we're working on on that plan, as well as things like a huge rail trail that would connect north to south. Um, you know, the Bonneville shoreline being completely connected. Um, the Bureau of Reclamation is the owner of a canal that connects Minden, um, you know, to give you a dream, right? Minden, Wellsville, and Hiram are all connected by one federally owned canal. However, that federally owned canal looks first and foremost to the people leasing it, which is the local canal company, that so far have not been real interested to, to kind of take a trail conversation further, which, fine, you know, but hopefully at some day we can, we can further that. Um, and down in Utah County, that's how they developed their, uh, the Murdoch Canal Path, which is a 15-mile contiguous connected recreational trail, right? Um, because it was a Bureau of Reclamation canal that they were able to coordinate and, and develop a plan for. So we've got great plans. It's super nitty-gritty and challenging. You can master plan all you want. And then the real labor, one of the reasons I mentioned the bike lanes we're working on is because it's public streets, and the, the public, you know, you, me, and everybody else that pays taxes, we own those streets. So we can do with them what is approved, you know, and it takes some work to get something approved. And through everyone else, but if it's approved by the local municipality, we can do it. I mentioned something like a canal trail, or I mentioned the Bonneville shoreline, we get into private property ownership pretty quick. Um, and that is one by one, will you support it? Will you support it? And if you've got three private property owners, and two are like, absolutely, take this easement, we'd love to see the trail come through. And one says, no, then you wait, right? And maybe you ask them politely again, but that's where you get stuck sometimes. Um, but that being said, you know, we're, we've got projects afoot, uh, you know, kind of all over the place that are, that are moving forward. So. so I imagine there's there's different metrics for how you rate priority of a project, mm -hmm. and, and that's included, right? The, the, yeah. The, so the that, type of property that you're dealing with, the type of entities that you have to engage with or get buy-in from. Yeah, and, and that's why the kind of the cash bikeway came up as a high-priority project, because it seemed attainable. Um, but the... 
um, the way the way that looks is that we went through a master planning process that had a lot of public input. We were at farmers markets. We were at the Hiram Classic Car Show. We were up in Smithfield at Health Days. Um, we had an online map for for public input, and we took all that public input to say, well, you know, where are the top like we want this priorities right. And a really good example of this is the link between Logan Canyon and Dry Canyon on the Bonneville shoreline. Um, I mean. A dream of so many people. I mean, when you looked at the public input map, it was this little glowing orb of people saying, "This, this, this, this. I want this. I want this. I want this." And then it comes to private property, and it says, "Oh, but that." And in that case, the private property owner has um, changed hands, and in both cases, has said, "No, we don't want anyone back here." And okay, that's their prerogative, and we hope that that opinion changes. But we'll we'll see that forward. Um, then the. Then the other way we rank that is like number of property owners, right? So. So that project actually got a high ranking on number of property owners because there's just one. And if we, if we could find the right payment for them, if they agreed upon a price, if they could, you know, agree upon terms that would be beneficial for them, maybe we can work something out. That's always the hope. Um, but then other projects like the Bonneville shoreline or like certain canal pathways that people really would love to see forward, super complex, especially canal pathways, right? Because you're talking about, in some cases, you know, one mile of trail and 25 property owners, right? And you've got to get all of them to yes, not, not 24, you know, like not, and I, I exaggerate the case, but, but effectively between a public road and a public road where you've got a trail segment identified, you need all those property owners to yes. So that's what we're working on. Um, and I, I think I'm, I think I'm answering your question, but now I've talked so long, I forgot what it was. <laughs> you are answering it. Um, oh, wonderful. <laughs> what, what are some of the projects that you're most excited about? Uh, rail trail is one that stuck out to me that I'm, I'm pretty interested in. That'd be really um, cool. Um, same, same story there a little bit with, um, Canal companies that are so nervous about liability that they don't want to talk to you. Um, Union Pacific in this region has not been forthcoming. Um, although, I mean, we've got some great uh, minor highlights there. Like if you take the Logan Riverwalk Trail down by the public golf course or the city golf course, um, everyone's been making this little, you know, danger danger crossing across the the tracks where it says trail closed. Guilty. You, yeah. <laughs> I say everyone. Uh, you can see the pathways. And using that, but that's because Logan's been working on with Union Pacific to replace some elements of that track and put the trail across it. So this Which is really, currently happening. It's currently yeah, happening, yeah. yeah. I think those pieces are out there right now if you drive by. So, so um, that's a really positive link that's coming forward. And yeah, I think I mentioned that canal pathway um, on the west side of the valley connecting to Hiram and the rail trail because I, I did when I did the plan up, I did notice, I'm like, wow, like that's one landowner, right? Technically, right? There's more to it than that, but those could happen. Um, but again, any of those, it's, you'll never, you'll never bite off the whole thing at once um, unless we just got some, we had some amazing seed funding from local communities and then we, you know, win a $15 million grant, right? Because but planning estimates for trails right now for all construction, and this is a paved trail, not a natural surface thing, um, but it's about is about a million dollars a mile, just a planning estimate, right? So it kind of sobers you up to think about that in building paved road-separated trails. And a lot of that cost is driven because a rail trail might likely be cheaper, but a lot of that cost is really driven because you're wedging these things in, like the USU to Canyon Connector or this one we're building in Hiram. You're wedging them in on steep hillsides that require retaining walls. You're wedging them in next to UDOT right-of-way, which has kind of higher standards for how these things get built. Um, so, so that's kind of what some of the complexities and challenges, but we are, we are moving it forward. But things I'm excited by, I mean, like I say, 
Hiram under construction. Um, I think that pathway, people are already using a pathway when it's just been graded, right? Like it hasn't even been paved or anything else. And so that's super exciting to see. Um, and it's going to be, it is kind of my, my dream, just like Logan recently built, and I'll kind of praise Logan for this too, is that you now have something where, hey, come tour USU. Like, you know, and this is, this is where Weber State can't compete, right? Where we're like, yeah, come to USU. Oh, and after you leave your class, let's just go walk on this trail and down, oh, now we're on the Bonneville shoreline. Oh, and if we continue taking the trail, now we're in Cache National Forest, and you can keep going up that trail a couple miles, go to live concerts this Friday, you know, do whatever you want, go climb some, some mountains and go up to Logan Peak, right? So it's some pretty amazing connections, and Hiram's building the same. Um, and as a, you know, a guilty as charged avid mountain biker, when we get, uh, hopefully this fall, finished with the construction of Bridger Bike Park, which will be the Valley's first mountain bike park, um, that's gonna be my best day at the job yet, right? When I get to go open that park up and go go send myself off at some jumps and hopefully come home in one piece. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really gonna be really exciting as well. So that leads me into my next question. What are what are some of the wins that you're most excited about? You mentioned the bike park, yeah. you mentioned the, the connection from USU campus to Logan yep. Canyon. Yep. Um, I know bike trails at Beaver Mountain have been that's been a big been huge win recently. Yeah, in fact, I'm going up there this Friday to coordinate with the local high school league that's going to be hopefully hosting an event here, hopefully this fall, but I won't, I won't promise that yet until we've gotten a couple more weeks into it. But um, yeah, so we're we're looking really good on that Beaver Mountain project is worth mentioning too because it's that's an example where you know okay we can't afford a million a mile we can't afford the. $5 a foot, which puts you roughly in the $30,000 range a mile for a natural surface trail, right? And so when you look at that, we said, how do we get this trail built? And the sea holders were saying, well, we'll permit you to build this trail. It's a great idea. Uh, we don't want to put a lot of money into it. And the community said, well, we will build it. Just as it going to be a public trail? And you know, sea holders said, yeah, it can be public. People can go up here and use it anytime. So it took three years and three seasons of coordinating volunteer labor, but between Utah Conservation Corps, my office, and the Cache Valley High School Mountain Bike Association, and um, the Cache Trails Alliance, we coordinated enough work to get that trail built and enjoyable and functional, and it's a great it's a great resource. It's a little far from town, you gotta get in your car, but um, it is a wonderful one. So that's a big win as well. Um, so I think that, the bike park, uh, this Hiram Trail, Logan City's connection, um, and there's some there's some things afoot that I, I don't want to delve too into when nothing, you know, when grants haven't been approved, but I'm continuing to work really well with Logan City on um, revisions to their bike lane plans. I mean, I think the one of the things I was really happy with in my office was coordinating and working with Logan City to repaint the 100 East bike lanes. That the first time they went in, it looked great from an aerial, but no one really thought about like the cross slope of the road, the way the gutter interfaces with with the surface. So yes, it had technically five foot from the curb line, but when you actually got out there on site and tried to ride a bicycle on it, there were issues. And Logan City Public Works Department was great to work with and coordinate with and say, how let's try these things. And same thing, we're working on some that hopefully we'll see paint in the next year of bike lanes on 8th East here, mm -hmm. um, con connecting up to campus. And so I think that coordination with cities on active transportation I'm really proud of, and if we can pull off, and I still say if, because there's some hurdles to get through, this idea of it won't be bike lanes the whole way because our roads are too narrow, we can't fit it on all of them, every road is different, every land use area is different, um, but a painted connector route that shows you the safest and best way to pedal from Hiram to Smithfield, um, I'll be super proud of that as well if we can get that all going. So, Well, I know that those dedicated bike lanes are, make the absolute difference. So mm -hmm. for me, I live on the west side, I ride out to 400 north mm -hmm. or 400 west mm -hmm. and then take that north airport road 
and then out to and Benson, yep. and and I'm home free. Yeah, and I'm out on those farm roads, and and it's really that. F- 400 west it serves as a that good makes the, the complete difference for me to, to be able to get outside um, and so that leads me to access and just the importance of creating greater access mm-hmm. to, to recreation opportunities mm-hmm. and the work that you're doing can you speak a little bit to to access in general to, to these opportunities and it's extremely do you see broad it from that to say access can you can you clarify that a little bit for me can you dive in and, and understand how many people are there that would access something if there were an opportunity that much closer to them? Does that make sense? Yeah, and I, I, I can't quantify that, but I mean, certainly that's something we're, we're chasing, right? To get more, more outdoor recreation opportunities to more people. I mean, there's a public health angle. There's, a, um, there's an air quality angle. There's a um, quality of life angle. There's a return on economic investment angle. Um, but... Yeah, hard for me to answer that question clearly other than just saying more, right? I mean, more people would access it if it's closer to their their homes. I mean, a really good example, I think, for like urban trail access, and I, I mentioned this just because I live close to it, but I'm over on the island, and that canal, canal trail that is behind Canyon Road, so just north of Canyon Road, I mean, go out there any given evening, and you've got entire families just out there enjoying it up and down, biking, walking, strolling, you know, you name it. Um, and so, and so, yeah, so I think it's, there's definitely a latent demand and then when it comes, people are very excited. Um, and one of the, I think one of the things that's most evident that people hold outdoor recreation near and dear to their hearts in Cache Valley is, you know, I hold a meeting to say, Hey, we're planning new trails and they're just lines on paper, but come on out and, and show up and some passionate people will show up and we'll get some good attendance. And then you say, you know, right when I started this position about three and a half years ago, there was a development threat to the Bonneville shoreline that we might have lost about a mile and a half of deer fence trail and then had to just reroute. So you come off the deer fence, down a hill, go through a sidewalk for a mile and a half and then back up to the deer fence. And that threat packed uh, Providence City's meeting room. There was standing room only. Everyone was, you know, very concerned about the loss of their resource near and dear to them, particularly Bonneville Shoreline. It's right there. It's not some change on Stump Hollow that you're going to have to reroute for, you know, a a mile on a road up by Stump Hollow because whatever reasons and logging, it was this much more, you know, intimate thing right next to your home. So, so yeah, so I think there's a lot of of passion and, and latent demand for these things. On a personal level, what are some of your favorite trails out there, or even some best kept secrets? I don't know if you want everyone to know about. Oh, them, sure, I'd love I, to talk if on you're willing about to all share. the secrets. Yeah. yeah, let me tell you about all the things that uh, are secret to me. No, you know, just the biggest thing I would tell people is like, have fun exploring, right? Like, that's you want to find the secret trails. Well, they're not going to be secret if someone tells you about them. They're secret when you find them and you you discover them. And so, you know, I think if um, I think bit.ly slash cache bike map has a really cool network of um, comfort rated roads that we put together to sort of say, hey, we don't bike lanes everywhere. And I can't make, if I made you a map of bike lanes, it'd be these disparate lines in Cache County. They don't really connect into a network yet. Um, but if you but if you go to this, this site, we've got paper maps too distributed through the tourism office um, that show you, okay, you know, Highway 89 colored 
deep, dark, burgundy, blood, blood red because it's about that comfortable to ride on, right? It's horrible. But then, um, you know, 400 West with the bike lanes colored bright green, right? It's very comfortable to ride on. I would take my mother to on a bike ride on that road, right? And so you, you kind of look at this map and kind of say, oh, here's some comfortable roads to connect with a little bit of a yellow in between that I need to stress myself out through and then look for where the trails connect out of that, right? Um, Logan City has some cool hidden ones. I would point out that Denzel Stewart Nature Park has both a planned future connection directly east and also an existing um, dirt trail connection up to River Heights. It's actually a great sort of Logan River Heights connector that not everybody knows about. Um, and yeah, just getting out and exploring will teach you lots of things. On that exploring note, you know, I think people should be aware that when they're out in the forest and you know, hiking around and they see some little scabby trail kind of coming off the main trail that they saw on the map, and they want to go explore that, you know, I will, I'll, I'm not going to be a person to tell you don't go explore. You know, these are our public lands, like go enjoy them. Um, but be aware of your impact, right? One of the things, the double-edged sword that the outdoor recreation economy and people in my job have to weigh is that, yes, it's great for all the reasons we've enumerated to get more people out, outside and recreating, but they have to do it responsibly. And if, if you start sort of saying, yeah, check out any trail, make your own trail, blaze your own, that has huge impacts to, um, to basically the plant life um, and it gets into impacts into our overall like legibility of our trail system. When you start seeing spider web, I can take you guys down to Austin, Texas and show you trail systems that are insane to navigate because there's a turn every 15 feet, right? Um, and it, and it gets to erosion issues, like no, take no better example than taking wind caves. And on a small scale, what people tend to do is just shortcut these switchbacks because they're like, oh, the trail's right there. It's like 10 feet above me. I'm just going to walk up there. And then instead of just a little path through the grass, it turns into this wide channel because stormwater or snow melt starts to come down it, widen it out, turns it rocky and eroded. Then it starts to erode the trail below it. Then it starts to erode the trail above it. And you start to damage your trail systems through all this sort of rogue exploring. Um, so it's something to really be cautious about um, as you get out exploring our public lands. And it's why the Forest Service definitely doesn't take that lightly when people start to kind of build their own trails. What are some of the projects that maybe moonshot type projects? Kind of a little bit out there. Yeah. That that big vision that you talked we, about. Yeah, we, men we mentioned them. I mean, I think the I think the the, Mind the Minden Wellsville Hiram Canal Pathway amazing and frankly like right. between Minden and Wellsville it just needs permitting it doesn't right. we actually don't need to spend a lot of tax dollars to build it um, it's a pathway that people in those communities have used you know illicitly so to speak for years um, it just needs some agreements in place and right. and license you know uh, license agreements and other things that we could have a functional pathway there so that's one of the ones I'm most excited about would love to do some more work on the west side um, you know, excited for um, seeing, there's a big vision of seeing the Logan River Trail extend. And, and I'll say that is probably one of my biggest ones that I would be, there's two underpasses in that master plan that are spot improvements. There's not a big trail that connects you everywhere. But I'd be thrilled to see them. And one's the Blacksmith River where it crosses under Highway 165. And the other is the Logan River, it crosses under 8991. Um, and Logan City is particularly active on trying to talk to UDOT about saying, hey, what would it take? Um, the costs are extremely high for that. You've got to replace a whole section of freeway. You've got to lift up and put in a new bridge on the Logan River example. The blacksmith, you might actually be able to work with your existing bridge. Um, but those would be amazing because then you can start to connect east side, west side through a truly safe crossing, right? When I talk about safety, you know, the best stoplights in the world don't, you know, don't keep, keep you safe from that you know, dr driver, and we've all been this driver, like checking their text message as they make a right-hand turn, right? Um, so 
so you you when you talk about grade separated crossings and putting a you know a pedestrian and bicycle pathway underneath a roadway boom then you have a safe mm -hmm. crossing okay. and that logan river example would be amazing because if we can really get it right through development on the east side we're getting some more trail there through development that's planned on the west side we should be getting more mm. trail that would connect us nearly directly onto the logan river walk course and you can imagine coming down off the boulevard taking a bike lane on 100 east down then going under um under you know under a bridge or you know under the bridge on the highway connecting that all the way out to trapper park and beyond all the way to uh, what will eventually will be a pathway on SR30 um, that'll connect you right back into town. I mean, imagine that loop mm -hmm. as a cyclist, as a runner, you know, future events like a Logan Marathon um, would all be amazing to see using that resource. And I think would really put Logan on the map as like, yeah, I live on the west side and I commute all the way up to campus on a path, just about. Um, so yeah, so I'm really excited. Those are my kind of, those underpasses are my moonshot that I would love to see happen no, you know, exciting news on the horizon yet yeah. other than conversations. Any traction around even larger macro level projects of connecting cash trail system with other trail systems around? Not not currently. And there's a population question on that, okay. right? So so there's there's like a, a wag in the Bonneville Shoreline Trails plan to link it up around the Wellsville's to the north and then down into Box Elder County as the shoreline went. Um, there is a wag in our active transportation or our trails plan to have something going up um, 89 and connecting over to Box Elder County. But the real thing, and I mean, that 89 one may have more legs because of the just volume of, of cyclist traffic you'll see suffering that highway, which seems like a horrible way to spend an afternoon to me, but that's that's my personal I've done opinion. that many times, yeah. Yeah, you guys are crazy, but cool, cool, you're fit and crazy. <laughs> um, so there's, the, there's kind of the view there, but the real challenge there, particularly when you move south and especially moving north, and east, so maybe west of Box Elder is the one that maybe has more legs than this. It's just a population question, right? You can build, when you're making these big, big investments, just like you said, what's the what's the latent demand? How many more people are going to get to use it? You don't want to put these investments in places where, um, and especially for a natural surface trail, but even for something paved, where you build it, and then it sees three people a week, right? When it sees three people a week, it's not going to get much demand for upkeep. It's not going to get many people tramping it down and pretty soon you've got a very expensive asphalt pathway with weeds growing on all sides of it right and you just that's sort of the concern about it um, if it doesn't get a lot of use and knowing these dollars are limited when I go to a grant source um, from the state or anywhere else it's just understanding that well we can ask for this thing that's going to benefit you know 30 people in paradise or we can ask for this thing that's going to be 300 in Logan right and that is inevitably kind of the unfortunate reality of density, population densities, but um, I think that's kind of a, a fair way for uh, stewards of tax dollars to, to look at it. We're running out of time here, but I, I wanted to bring up a topic that, that maybe we can talk about in a future episode. Sure. We talked a little bit about this off air, but the opportunity for trails um, and the work that you're doing with trail planning to uh, open up more access for climbing opportunities, for the Blue Trail, utilizing yeah. the Logan River and providing greater access to that as an opportunity. Can you speak to those types of opportunities yeah. as well? Yeah, totally. I mean, my office has been plenty busy uh, working with, um, you know, surface trails, right? For running, biking, non-motorized use, whether that's forest service or here in the valley, right? So we've been really busy with that. But the, like you say, that's not all the trail types that are potential or, or possible. You know, climbing trails, um, 
Blue Trails. I've worked with the Logan River Task Force to develop a Blue Trail Master Plan, which I think you can Google and find. But Logan River Blue Trail Master Plan is something that we've put together to really identify, here's all the different places we could have put-ins and put-outs. Here's these different stretches of the river. And there's some neat opportunity there to say, look, we've got Rendezvous Park and Trapper Park that are already connected by a surface trail. Like, imagine if you could rent a boat at one of them and, you know, paddle down, and that same, that same outfitter can rent you a bike, take your boat, and you could bike back to where you parked, right, or the, the first time. So there's some amazing opportunities there as that first stretch to really prove what a blue trail could do at two publicly, already publicly owned landing sites. Um, but it need, we need seed funding to take that the next steps forward, right? We need a community to come together to say, all right, let's watch river rafting videos and, and charge entry. Let's have a bake sale. Let's do whatever we want to do to raise money. Let's approach. And, and in so many of these things, whether it's blue trails or say like a climbing effort, we have amazing climbing in Cache Valley and it's all technically not official, right? It's all stuff on the forest lands that uh, McGuire's primrose is a real concern because it's an endangered species that grows on some of these climbing routes and we probably don't want to prioritize those. Um, but there's other climbing routes that don't have McGuire's primrose and how could we, how could we promote those and make those better? Um, and the forest is open to it, but they, they often lack the resources to really move a lot of these projects forward um, internally. And so you take examples from the Salt Lake Climbers Alliance of a coordinated effort by the climbing community to approach them and say, here's the plan, here's how I want to move it forward, let's make parking better at these spots and work with UDOT. So I kind of outline all that to say, um, I, you know, I hold monthly meetings as, of a trails committee that's open to anybody that's interested to come. Um, and would love to see members of the climbing community, members of the, um, you know, blue trail, the kayaking, rafting, stand-up paddleboarding community that want to see projects like these forwards or anything else that they can dream up of um, and are willing to be proactive, show up to meetings and create and take tasks to step forward with support from my office, right? I mean, I'm the one who can make you a map. I'm the one that can help put a grant application together. Um, I'm the one that can coordinate with, um, you know, city officials and has relationships with a lot of the elected officials around the valley. Um, but we're looking for more proactive people. You can always email me at um, trails at cashcounty.org, and we can, we can talk. I can tell you all about those meetings because everybody loves coming to meetings. So that, that leads me to how do you get involved? And you mentioned one Bam. of the best opportunities, right? Well, first of all, get out there and yeah. utilize the resources. And then come and let your voice be heard at, mm -hmm. at these types of committees. How do you yeah. find out when those are? Um, they're the sec uh, starting in September or October. Um, I'm kind of on a uh, paternity leave schedule right now. But, but um, starting in September, October, we'll resume the second Tuesday of every month um, down at the Cache County Administration Building uh, and third floor development services. Come and ask for the trails meeting. But email trails at cashcounty.org, and I'll make sure that's you know written in front of you, and, and you can you can come and attend. But again, that committee, those committees aren't that useful if you're just going to say hey, you're welcome to come and find out what we're working on, right? And see, oh neat, yeah, this is what they're spending their time doing. Um, but that's not all that useful to have a meeting room full of people with two people working and the other eight just nodding their heads, going, "That's cool." Um, it's really useful to have those meetings for people saying, I want to see my climbing routes improved, right? Or I want to see this blue trail move forward, or I really want to see this segment of the Bonneville shoreline improved. How do I, how can I lend my time to go about it, right? Or I have an idea about lending my time, you know, can you help me? Uh, can you make me a map? Can you make me a flyer? Can you promote this? Whatever. Um, you know, then we can definitely, I think, find a lot of great synergy out of those meetings. That's great. So that's what we're looking for. And the other thing I'll mention about, about getting involved, if you can't, you know, 
going to these meetings and that level of organization isn't for everybody, and nor does it need to be. One of the biggest things people can do in this valley is find out who your, your mayor is, who your council members are, and if outdoor recreation and trails and active transportation are important to you, write them and let them know. It doesn't even need to be, you know, they get lots of complaining emails. It can be a, hey, you know, thanks for keeping that park clean and the trail that connects to it, whatever it is. Um, the more our local leaders hear that this stuff matters, that it's important, that you may have made a relocation decision based on this, that you bought a house based on this, um, that you're looking to bring a business to town based on this, um, or that it just matters to you, that's, that resonates. And that's what's going to, those voices coming up from the bottom is what's going to mean we find a way to fund this tra rail trail that connects the entire valley, that we find a way to find matching funding that allow us to go get the grants from the state and feds to actually build out this master plan. So um, I can't overemphasize that enough. You know, I think Logan City is doing a great job. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give a, you know, like I said, I, Hiram and Smithfield both get some accolades, but, but it's all the communities need to hear from it. So, um, you know, reach out to people that uh, are elected to represent you and tell them trails matter. So how do we stay in touch with you? How do we hear what's happening, volunteer yeah. opportunities? Um, so the biggest thing is uh, trails.cashcounty.org um, is the website for the Trails Cash. Uh, we have a uh, infrequently but, um, but, but uh, certainly regularly updated Facebook and Instagram stream under the icon of Trails Cash, um, cash like our county. Um, so those would be the best ways. And then trails at cashcounty.org is my direct email. Um, welcome to drop me a line there and, you know, ask questions and further this conversation. Dayton, thanks for being with us. I wish you had a little more passion for trails. In the, in I know, the right? Like, if, I had, yeah. if I'm half as effective as I am passionate, we'll do great things. <laughs> uh, I think you're doing great things, and I, uh, I think the community appreciates it, and I think you'll see a lot more people getting involved. That'd be wonderful. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Highlander Podcast. For more outdoor stories and content, connect with us on highlandermag.com.